Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? Uh, it's it's hard not to say I'm doing like ex- like incredible. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like the last couple of days, I just like I woke up and just everything felt right in the world, you know? So I like I don't know, like I don't know how I'd I'd call it. I like stages of winning. As an underdog, like I, I was just I was in that first stage of like, um, just not not denial, but just not like not it's being surreal. able to process. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just not being able to accept, not being able to process, um, what just happened. Yeah, like it's like obviously, like you know, we always back the Panthers, right? We got to, and you yeah. always have that level of belief, but you know. We're everything. We're, we're, we're realistic guys. We like stats and like it's just like, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes, you, sometimes you know you're the, the underdog for a reason, you. right? Yeah, like, exactly. Right, and it's weird because like, you know, first of all, because we were originally we were gonna do an episode halfway through the series, right? Mm-hmm. And then when the Panthers they went up three zero, and we thought, you know what? We'll just wait and do an episode once it's done, regardless of, you know, when that is or how it ends, right? And I do think that's a good call, right? Yeah. Because 3-0 can still go, uh, can still go south. Um, I will say, though, for game one, so me and Jacob Barker, a uh, friend of the show, we, <clears throat> we live in the Niagara region, right? So a lot of Leafs fans around all the time, and we decided for game one, we're going to throw on all our Panthers gear. I got my Bobrovsky jersey. He had his Barkov jersey. And we said, we're going to go out to to a bar, a restaurant, you know, have a couple of drinks, you know. And we'll just, you know, inter- intermingle with the Leafs fans. And let me tell you, right away, we walked in and immediately people started booing us. Which was, like, like awfully flattering. It, it, the, the, the fact that they wanted Florida and they're just, like, already, like, Florida was in their heads. Rent-free. Rent-free. Right, and so I don't. Good. Right, and it's it's. I really enjoy that position too of being like the underdog in a series because there is no pressure on it, right? Not like it's like oh well, if, if, if you lose, yeah, that's yeah. what we thought was gonna happen. Yeah, if congrats, you win, it's like you like, should be. Oh, that's and embarrassing. It's like, oh, that's a tough one for you. <laughs> and we did have some people coming up, you know, in support of the Panthers. Most of them were like Sabres fans, but nice. Um, so it's nice to have a little support coming through, but um. What a great feeling being there to to watch that win. And, you know, I think, yeah, when the final whistle went, just the silence from the Leafs fans, it was, yeah, it was, it was really, really nice. Really good time. I think Toronto had the, they had the rest. They had that advantage. I don't even know if Florida flew back home after the Boston series. I assume they didn't. I, I don't, I can't imagine why they would, right? It was like one day off. No, exactly. I think they went straight to Toronto. Yeah. Well, and it was it was a weirdly like paced out series though. They had a lot of like two day breaks, which I don't love. We could do we could have an entire podcast, a spin off podcast, dedicated to, to the schedule, this the NHL scheduling. Well, even right now we're recording this we're, Sunday we're, night. Yeah, exactly. There's Explain the one the... game on tonight, <laughs> the Edmonton Vegas game six, and for some reason it's on. Um, like I'm out east, so it's on at 10 p.m. Okay. Yes, and I'm I'm in I'm in Calgary. I'm 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 in like the same time zone. It's eight, at eight, and I'm like I'm I still don't know if I'm gonna watch the entire game. No, like, I know obviously I will, but like, um, but a I, lot of people just, won't. why 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 because the the only the only other game I saw that might be a problem MLB right? No, 
I th- th- you're the second person that's like brought up the MLB to me. Why the MLB? Who cares? What's going on today? That's that. Why today? But the only one I thought of was the NBA. The NBA had a game seven, like Who's going games, today. Who's going tonight? But no, no, it's not tonight. It was at one thirty Mountain Time, so it. 11.30 your time? No, no, no. 3.30 what? your time. 3.30 yeah. your time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Disregard my, oh my, my quick maps. Um, it was at 3.30 your time, and it was uh, the, the Sixers were playing the Celtics in Boston, and it was rather embarrassing if you're a Philadelphia sports fan. Um, just n- nothing's going well this year for you. No, tough one. Um, And yeah, but that, that was over at... I don't know. Hours ago, yeah. 4.30, my time. So, like, six. Like, there's no reason that this couldn't be a 6 p.m. local start. Yeah, which would make the most sense. I don't understand. Uh, Do you know what the MLB situation is? Um, I think it has to do with the network it's on in the U.S. Oh, okay. That's what I was led to believe Ah, via Twitter, though. So Okay, that makes sense. How true is it? and, And, you know... You know that the MLB just—they don't play enough games. You can't just move. Yeah, stuff well, around well, on the if network. you're the NHL, it's, just, it's way how, too precarious. How how could a game six, you know, of a conference semifinal, possibly compete with an early season baseball game? I can't just like, can't. You just can't. Right? You just can't. It's it's one of 162 games. It's way too important. It has to be televised. It could decide everything. It really could. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. Um, but I mean, I like that's a good excuse, actually. I not an excuse, but it's a good reason, like not being able to get it on on uh, on on TV. But that that I think is still the NHL's fault because they negotiated their own broadcast deal, and I'm sure they could have negotiated clauses and playoffs where they could bump non-playoff events like that. I that I can't understand. Well, and now we know they didn't. Um. It's- which, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but no, I, yeah, I but that, that, yeah, that yeah could be a whole yeah a whole separate podcast of just breaking down the schedule. Literally, right? Yeah, and this series literally. alone was just absurd. And I know yeah, like, the two day break, two day break between two and three, and then three and four, and yeah. then and then just one day break for the rest. I know because all the Leafs fans were all upset they didn't get to play on Saturday. As if like, I mean, it's just Saturday. I I don't know. It's just it's weird scheduling. It was, yeah. Watch, watch. Plus, if it would have been Saturday, they would have probably put it as like a, a matinee. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit odd. But either way, that series is over with. Obviously, Panthers coming out on top. I want to know what your thought is at three zero in the series for the Panthers. I am. First of all, I am still trying to comprehend the fact that they went up 3-0. I think that the series was decided in game game three. That was probably the most important game. The OT win? Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought that was... I thought that was the Panthers... Of, of the first three games, I actually thought that was their best game. And the one of the Leafs' worst games. And it was still, like at that point, the closest game in the series. Yeah, I, I just... I, I think that that was, that was the... The turning point, right? Like it was. Leafs were up. Luke Shen injures Samsonov. Not sure why he was doing that, but he decided he was going to sabotage the team. Um, and then the OT win, and that's like if, if you, if that if that game goes to Toronto, it's a completely different series. Yeah, like th- yeah. Going that, three that was three zero and two one is so game. different. That was the most important game, without a doubt, of the series. And I, the Panthers came up big. And Sam Reinhart. What can you say? They're what? They're five and zero in OT now in the playoffs. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. And like, it's, so, it's... so, so, my to come back to your question at three up three zero, it's like it's it's very confident, but at the same time, it's. It's nervous confidence. Yeah. Right? Like it, it's because a, it, you don't want to be you, you don't want to be cocky. You want to be careful. You don't want to jinx it. Like I was I was very, very um 
I, I, I was more nervous than excited, to be honest with you. I was like, I yeah. just can't. Because I, I can't celebrate until the job's done, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right? And That's... at 3-0, like, you're very close, right? But the thing for me, too, is like, yes, they're up 3 nothing, but they haven't dominated the series, right? Like, they've been very no. close margin games, right? Exactly. And a few things bounce, you know, the other way. Like, for example, in, in game four, right? Like, the Leafs, they get the goal that bounces off the official and out front. Was it game two that Toronto must have hit like fourteen posts? Yeah, there was a ton. There, like in Toronto, I think it was game two. They just they kept hitting the post, yeah. and it's like it's just lucky bounces like that. It is, just, and it, it's, it's, it's just it's a margin of like inches. Exactly, and it's not like I, I say it's like like puck luck, but it's not really because luck doesn't happen without so many other things that have to to lead up to it right there's i there's a my, my dad used to always say this to me He's, he he always used to say preparation plus opportunity equals luck yeah you make and, your own luck exactly like you you make it like it's not luck can't beat you i i i refuse to accept that like every like Another friend of the show, Jared Shea, was saying, I think it was game one, well, we're not getting any good bounces. We're we're like we're getting unlucky. And it's like, well, no way, no way this guy said that. Like, like you can't are you seriously like you're just like, coming do you think up the with puck excuses. is like a vendetta against the like, Leafs? Like, is it remote controlled? Is Florida controlling the puck? What's going on? Yeah. It reminds me of like Yeah, like you you make your own luck. Right, and you can't blame like the, the pucks bouncing for everyone out there. Exactly. Like, like I remember there was there was like a there was like a soccer interview from like an Arsenal fan from like years yeah. ago, and you know they they lost like a big game, right? And they're like, oh, like Ty, where did it go wrong? And he's like, well, you know, the pitch was wet, it was raining, and he's like, Ty, it was raining for both teams. Like, exactly. You can't like, use that as an for, excuse. It's the same for both teams. So, yeah, yeah, I um, you know that like. Did the Panthers get lucky? But maybe, yeah, probably. You probably always need luck if you're going to win a game. But th- that luck was deserved. They they worked to to earn that luck, and that at the end of the day, that's that's all you can ask for. And you just kind of leave it up to faith and or fate, and then yeah, yeah, it I, does the rest. Yeah, it's also like it's also weird because for me, like all season long, right as like a Panthers fan, I don't like, I haven't really ever felt nervous at any point of the season. Right. Ever. Right. Cause in the regular season, like obviously you're battling again, you hope you get into the playoffs. Right. But there, I mean, you... there was, there was like a span of a few weeks there. I think it was right after the trade deadline where I was thinking to myself and I, we, I, we brought it up on the show. I was like, this is, this is the worst case scenario. If Panthers miss the playoffs, Montreal, with that pick gets Connor Bedard at first overall. Like that would, that that would be that like, there was a solid two weeks where I was convinced that was going to happen. Yeah. But it's not like, it's like you're nervous, but it's not like, I don't know. There's just like a different set of nerves of like a playoff game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, I really felt that until like pro realistically game seven of the Boston series. Cause even, even in the Boston series, when you're down three, one, right? Like, you're not that nervous because you're coming in. You're the eight seed, right? If you get bounced in five or six games, it's expected. It's fine, right? But then once it's like, oh, you you think you have a chance to win this thing, that's when the nerves kind of start to settle in. And so it's been weird because there hasn't really been that at all this season, right? Like I've been pretty kind of calm and mellow towards the season. Like, yeah, some frustration here or there, um, you know, the way the team is mm-hmm. playing. But, but we had like we had pretty low expectations coming into the season. We, I mean, we did. I think like all we wanted was make the playoffs, and then anything can happen. And and what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? And like, but, yeah. And it's it's crazy how much worse this Panthers team looked than last year's team in the regular season, and how much better they look in the playoffs compared to last year's team in the playoffs. Like. This entire series versus Toronto, right? It is just pure like determination to win battles that is winning you that that won you that series. Exactly. Right. You just you wanted it more, right? It, it really like it just seemed like it. 
And, you know, for, for the Leafs, you know, obviously, you know, it, it sucks because like that's an incredibly talented team and they just didn't seem to have that much fight in them. They didn't. Like and... they had, a, you know, a couple guys. But, and... but once once again, I mean, it's the fact that the Panthers, like they had fight, like it was weird because yes, the Panthers were able to shut them down. We we talk like they they didn't score more than two goals in any of the games except was there one that they scored more than two or none? Who I think there was one. The Leafs. Toronto. Yeah, they never scored more than two. They never scored more than two. Okay, sorry. No, um, I think in every game, Sergei Bobrovsky. Ex, like had an expected goal saved over two in every game. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And it, it, like, it's not even, yeah, they just, it's not like Toronto wasn't trying. They just weren't, they weren't succeeding. No, like, like, like ever. No. And it, it's tough to, it's a very tough phenomenon to explain. Yeah, it is. It's it's so bizarre. I also didn't like how, you know, a lot of the media coverage is focused around the Leafs, right? And a lot of it's focused at their core players not producing. And it's like, you really do need, though, to give a lot of credit to the Panthers because they're the ones making sure those guys aren't producing. They they 100% are. And I it's not like they've never produced. Yeah. Right? Like Marner, Matthews, Nylander... Tavares, I think. Um, they've all had their glimpses in the playoffs in the last four years, right? They they've all proved that they can do it. Yeah. They've just they've just never been able to all do it at the same time. No, it's like, never come together. And I mean, let's face it, they've never had a goalie. Justin no. uh, J- Joseph Wall. Wall? Joseph? Joseph Wall. Joseph Joseph Wall was probably the best goalie they've had in the playoffs since Freddie Anderson. Yeah, he was good. Like, what more could you fault him for? He's probably he's probably like Joseph Wall is. By the way, the I was I I didn't get to watch the game five, but I was because I was golfing. But I had my earbud in and I listened to the to it to the entire game on the radio. I and I can't remember the the play-by-play for the Panthers radio. I I just, I can't remember his name, but he kept referring to Joseph Wall as Joe Wall. I don't know if that's like everyone does that. I It was the first time I had. Heard I've never heard that. that. I've never heard that. <laughs> he kept saying Joe Wall, Joe Wall, Joe Wall. I was no. just like, I, I never heard that. But yeah, like he was probably the, like huge hats off to him. Yeah. Like very impressive to come in as a rookie. Yeah, right. And I, I, I assume he'll be in the NHL next season full time. Oh, he's got like he's got to be one of their two goalies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's also because this series is like realistic five games. It's a short series, right? But I just feel like there's so much to talk about, like because I'm just thinking about it now, like the like the Matthew Nyes play, Sam Bennett on Matthew Nyes. That was a heck of a game for Sam Bennett because that was the same game he cross-checked Michael Bunting. Yeah, he was living on the edge. Like, and then they ask him, uh, "How do you feel about being labeled as a villain?" Loves right? it. Loves it. Loves it. <laughs> well, really, why wouldn't the, you? The only people labeling as him as a villain are Leafs fans. That's literally yeah. the only people. No, and it's the like they're all trying to villainize these Panthers players as like the biggest goon squad like ever, and it's like. I really don't, don't think th- it was warranted. I don't. Hey, I don't think it's warranted. Like, yeah, but like, that's what you're supposed to do in the playoffs. They're just playing playoff hockey, so I, maybe, yeah. I I don't know. It's that that was pretty good, but I mean, to come back to that play behind the net with Matthew Nyes, it sucked that he got concussed on that play. Yeah, you never want that for a player. You you really don't, especially a young player who only has a handful of NHL games under his belt, but. Like that was that was, I I'm sorry that was just a tangle up. Yeah, like the, I, I that was just that looked way worse than it was. I think. Yeah, I think like some people are making it seem like it's like the all time dirtiest play they've ever seen in the game of hockey, and I was like, it's like un- I think it's unfortunate, right? And I, like, I really don't think it's intentional. I don't think he's trying to hurt him in any way. I think they're just no, they're, like, they get tangled up. In the middle of a playoff game, like, what do you expect Sam Bennett to do? Like, cradle the guy's head and make sure he lands softly? Yeah. Like, 
Like if if you're like you gotta you gotta play with an edge in the playoffs. One hundred percent. And then the the cross check after Michael Bunting, Bennett got a two minute penalty on that play. Yeah. What are you What are you screaming? Am I? We saw Leafs fans saying that it was a worse cross check than the Matthews on Darlene cross check. It just isn't in the outdoor game. No, I see. I found I found Leafs fans doing that a lot this series, where like the Panthers do something that's like a borderline, maybe a little yeah. over the edge, right? And they'll compare it to something their player didn't. Like this is the same play. Why did Michael Bunting get three games for this? I literally, like, I, but they're, I, I the heard, but they're not the same. The I I I heard the Michael Bunting play in the first round on Eric Cernok. By the way, that was a terrible hit. Like oh, no awful. puck directly at the face. That's repeat offender. That's obviously warranted suspension, but. I I heard that play get compared to a play by a plan by at least two plays by a Panther player. Yeah, and they're just they're not the same. It's not the same. It's like guys, what what are you what are you trying to say other than you don't you don't know how to recognize good hockey plays? I, I don't know. Yeah, and like yeah, and then they're just complaining about the officiating, and it's like. Yeah, do they miss stuff? But they miss stuff on both sides. Like it seems it goes like both ways. They just 100%. seem they're like they always focus on oh, this is what they missed again. You know, this is what the Panthers did that the refs missed. You know, they didn't call this. They didn't call this. I was like, okay, but if you go back and you watch, like I could do the same thing. I could watch and be like, why haven't they called this against the Leafs? You can do it for and either team, right? It can't be an excuse. And- no, and at the end of the day, the Panthers just outplayed the Leafs. And I, I think a lot of a lot of the credit in winning that series goes to Paul Maurice. And you, you, you've you said it to me a couple times now that the, the fire Paul Maurice crowd is not very vocal they're, these days. They're dead silent. <laughs> dead silent. Um, I think that a ton of credit goes to him and just his, his the style of play they've been able to 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 to, to garner. Um, like, and I, I think that the, 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 one of the, the areas that impressed me the most, and then I thought was the, the, the key to victory was that four check. They basically played a two, one, two, the entire series. Um, yeah. and just pressuring those Toronto defensemen. Cause spoiler alert, nothing's changed. They, they panic. still suck. Yeah. Like, they still panic. Yeah. They still give the puck away. All the time. So And if they like, don't do it, then one of their forwards will cough it up too. Exactly. And and that's that's that was the key in my opinion. Is Paul Maurice just leaning into that four check heavy style of play? Um, you know, making sure that two guys are always pretty much below the red line if 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 that's where the puck is. Um yeah. it worked. That's just that's all you needed. Yeah, and it's nice, like, and they have the players that are able to win those battles that know how to do it, right? That want the puck more. The system yeah, doesn't. I, the system doesn't work without that, right? But the system is effective when when you have both. Yeah, and and it, it comes back to to like probably the the best way to beat the Leafs is let them to beat just themselves. Let them beat themselves, and they'll do it. They'll do it every time. Time and time every again. Every time. Every yeah. time. They just yeah. have the players that are good at beating themselves. Yeah. No, I, I give Paul Maurice actually a lot of credit for this series, not just for the system, but also I think for the mentality of the team. Like, I think he had them relaxed, but, you know, ready to go for each game. Like, obviously, game four was not their best game, right? But they didn't get blown out. They did not get blown out. They did look like the worst team on the ice, that's for sure. Um, but they but they still could have won that game. That's the thing. And it's they also were not easy out of it. They were never out of that game. And it's also easy after, you know, you, you drop that game, it's now 3-1. It's easy to start, you know, thinking about, you know, what if Toronto can get back in this series, win the next one, they win the next one, it's 3-2. You know, now they're going to be feeling, you know, a little more relaxed, a little more confident. You're going to start gripping your stick a little bit tighter. And, um, the, 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 and they didn't let back, it happen. Coming back to game four, like that says so much about the team that Paul Maurice has in front of him is even though they can pull out, they can display probably their their worst performance of the playoffs so far. They're still not out of it. Like, how? No. Like, can you imagine like a team that you're just like, 
you're playing on the team and you're like, oh, yeah, let, let's just give it our worst effort for two periods, but s- still somehow be in this game. Yeah. Uh, that that's That's what this Panthers team is, or at least, like, was for the first two rounds. And that's, like, they were never, ever out of it. Yeah. I also think, from a gamesmanship perspective, I really liked in game one when he was pointing out the penalty calls for and against the Panthers. <laughs> I think that is just, I think that is absolutely brilliant from a veteran coach. Yeah. He, because he might, he might be one of the smartest coaches in the, in the league. To right. Be honest. And like, it is just that stuff. Like I know people hate it and we hate it too. And like the league recycles coaches, right. All the time. And again, but they get recycled for a reason. And it's something like that. Like John Cooper does it really well in Tampa too, playing, you know, the officials yeah. and that type of thing. I think that was brilliant from Paul Maurice. And the penalty differential was drastically different in this series after he did that. And yeah, and they, it's funny you bring up John Cooper because they they Maurice reminds me a lot of Cooper and vice versa. Not because they're both like just bald white dudes, but um like just because they're the, the way they speak, the way they like control narratives and the way they just address the team is just they 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 come off as such smart individuals that know exactly what to do all the time and just you always feel like they're the smartest person in the room yeah yeah even like it's you know it's like all season long you watch the pandas on the ice and it's like easy to not be confident in the team but then you listen to paul maurice in like a press conference and you just start to feel like you feel better about it it's it's so nice Right, I don't know. There's just something about him, and I thought, yeah, just the way he he did that in this series, I thought that was just brilliant, um, and was really important because I think if the Panthers spend the most of the series, like in Game One, where they're just having to kill off penalty after penalty after penalty, you know, you you don't win that series ever. No, right, and by doing that, you know, now the refs they're they're you know thinking about it maybe a little bit more. And so I thought that was really, really great from Paul Maurice and a it, big factor in it. It it really was. And yeah, just he he knew he, he's a very, very He knows exactly coach. what he's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, just sprinkle a little fuel on the fire. It's brilliant. Um and also we gotta talk about Sergey Bobrovsky in this series. Holy shit. I right, who cool. Ten million dollars, and he's a bargain. Like that—that's. We could be paying him twenty million dollars a season, and if he has one playoff run like this, that'd be worth it. Yeah, it, like, all series long. Like, I kept waiting. Like the first like few games of the series, I was like, at some point, he's just gonna let in a stinker, and it's all gonna come crumbling back, and he's gonna be regular season Bob, and he just never did. Every time he gave up a rebound, I just couldn't stop thinking about that rebound he gave up in game seven. Boston, in Boston. yeah. And yeah, I'm just like, like okay, this this is where the house of cards falls. It's yeah. just like I'm expecting it. It's gonna happen. This is just yeah. now now it is, but it never happened. And he just kept being Bob. Like Yeah, like and, I could not believe like the saves he was making. It's ridiculous. Right? Like a large part of why like you know, a lot of the big guns for Toronto didn't get on the score sheet was because he was just robbing them. He had some ridiculous breakaway saves where I was like, I would have definitely like bit on that, or like I would, like, I wouldn't have been quick enough. And it was just, yeah, especially absurd. especially in like overtime. I don't, I don't know how mentally someone can just do that. Like you have to be an absolute sicko. Just like the save he made on Matthews in OT in Game Five was like ridiculous. And the one on your croc too. Like, I don't know how you just can do that. Not let the moment affect you. He was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, just to bring it back to game four again. And like, how unlucky was that? The puck goes off the referee in the corner. Bounces straight Brutal. to Nylander. Like how? That's just, that's just not, that's just not lucky. It just isn't, you know, and you know, the Leafs, you know, they get their bounces, you know, they got and, it. And they what got a shocker, bounce. but shocker though, that was the game they played the best. You play better, you get bounces. Exactly. Right. 
And like realistically, like yeah, like you can't blame Bob on that one. Like realistically, the only goal in the series I think he maybe would probably want back is the Nylander one in Game Five, where he goes short side. Yeah, yeah, he, he was really like I don't want to say he was out of position. He was just he was he cheating. Exactly, he was cheating he, on the vest. He didn't. And, he didn't play it well. No, and that, it, but that's the on only the replay. One. On the replay, you look like. By the way, if I'm in the same position as Nylander. There's no chance I score that goal. Like it's no, still it's... like a very good goal. Oh yeah. Um, but when when you look at the replay, it's like yeah, Bob. Like you were giving like a pretty big hole. Like all he had to do was <laughs> shoot there. Yeah. Yeah. Like he did. He did give him the option, and so that was yeah. not great. But like you, yeah. you don't even think about it. Yeah, and I think you know the the Panthers really played best when they were able to put the Leafs on their heels. And force them to make mistakes. Yeah, they they that that's all they did. I mean, I still think of that second period in game two, like that the first five minutes of that period. They just came out flying. Came out flying. Put yeah, I actually, right I actually think heels. I actually think that was the moment the Leafs lost the series. That that because they were up like two nothing. They were up. Yeah, they're up two goals, and then they they go down a goal, and, and then, then they go and then they go down a goal within like the first ten minutes of the second period. It's like yeah. That you just lost the series. They never came back from that. Yeah, and then for the rest of the series, it was just Panthers doing like lob passes to center, literally just doing whatever they wanted. Yeah, it was great. Um, I want to talk. I want to go in a little deeper on the game seven because there's a lot to talk about there. Number one, the no goal call on when oh, you Morgan... mean game five, game five, game. F- oh, I forgot. Yeah, I didn't yeah. go seven. Oh, I'm just used oh, to the Leafs so... losing in seven. My apologies. Um, sorry, sorry. Uh, game five, Morgan Riley, the tying goal okay. that didn't tie it. What are your thoughts? As I said, I was listening to it on the radio, so I didn't get to see it. I was kind of just going off of whatever. Uh, I forget his name again, or I still don't remember it. Um, I was kind of just going off of the opinions of the play-by-play. I, I, you know, and I, I did it on purpose. I, I listened to the Florida broadcast. I because I had no interest in. The Leafs, the Leafs radio broadcast has to retire and just change yeah. careers because it is. I have not, I haven't listened to a game on the radio in years. It, yeah, but um, but when I watch the games, I watch the I watch the Leafs broadcast. Only, that, it, it's usually decent. Like the TSN or Sportsnet always sends out the big guns for that, so it's all good. yeah. It always is very like Florida biased, but real or Toronto biased. But even like the U.S. feed because it's a national feed was also kind of Toronto biased. I mean, you have yeah. Paul Bissonnette there, Bissonnette there, just openly rooting for the Leafs. It's like okay. exactly. You I'm, know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that, that broadcast sometimes. Um, but okay, so I was listening to it on the radio. At first, it was confusion. It was like, well, I, why is he celebrating? Like the puck didn't go in. This is awkward. But there was no whistle. And then the replay comes in, and it's like, well, they, they can't. We can't tell. And then. The play-by-play saw an angle, and he said, "I think this is a good goal." So he's like leading me up to think that this is going to be an this is going to be overturned. This is going to be allowed. Yeah. And they come on the and then the I can't remember. I think Hebert was the referee in charge of that call. Um, and he nailed it. He comes out and he says, "No, like there was the 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 play was stopped." So I get back home that evening. I finished the. There was another game on that night. Um, Edmonton. Edmonton. Edmonton was losing to to Vegas. Um, yeah. So I, I watch the end of that game, and then I I sit down and I watch the condensed game and just look up everything on Twitter, all the other snippets that were left uh, out of the condensed game. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you found lots there. Oh, I found a good amount. Yeah. Um, the first few videos I, I was watching, I couldn't even see where they were talking about the puck crossing the line. Yeah. I was having so much trouble understanding what they were talking about. I was like, like why is this a goal? Like, Why are they saying that this is a goal? I don't understand. The puck never goes in. And then I see the one angle kind of like ice level from, from the blue, the blue line. And then it's like, hmm. Maybe that puck is in the net. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't the referee. I wasn't right over the crease. I don't know. Yeah. So, so 
I, I, the weird thing is, I don't think the puck goes in at that moment. It's hard to, I, I don't know if it does. It might, it probably, mm. maybe, I, who knows? I, I, like that's the point. No evidence. The fact that the NHL doesn't have VAR, like to, like, goal line technology. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, goal line technology just baffles me because I, I don't think it'd be that hard. Um, just because all the other sports are doing it, why couldn't the NHL? Um, it would it would take way less time. That was a huge break in the game, which was great because it killed a lot of Toronto's momentum. Yeah, it was a nine minute ordeal. Yeah, but I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't want to say I like I agree with the call just because I don't understand it one hundred percent, but I don't disagree with it. I just I am fully accepting whatever they came up with. I would have been fine if they allowed it as a goal and I'm fine them allowing disallowing it. It's just it is what it is. They know more than I do in that situation. They say that it's not a goal, then it can't be a goal. Yeah, for me it's like I think a lot of factors why it can't be a goal. Obviously like there's the one shot of the puck cross the line, but obviously plays like well dead by then, right? So yeah. that's nothing, right? That doesn't matter to anyone. Um, the one angle from the blue line, again, parallax effect. Is it in? Is it not? You can't definitively say with that camera angle ever. And then, you know, if the ref says, you know, play is dead, you can rule continuation of the play. But when Riley's stick kind of pushes up against Wabrowski's pad, that's no longer the continuation of the play, right? Plays dead there. So I think, and like in my heart, do I believe that puck went in? Yes. Like, cause I'm I'm watching it now. Oh, I didn't see him push the pad in. See, and and right there, as soon as he pushes the pad, it you can't. Like the puck is, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Okay. You're showing me. Yeah. Yeah. The puck is probably in, right? Bobrovsky, I don't know what Bobrovsky's thinking. He might be like playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. But look what happens right after this. Look what magically appears and prevents us from seeing what happens. Is it the glove? Yeah. There's the blocker. And then as soon as the blocker goes in, it's all assumption. It's not, nothing can be. Yeah, you have to conclusively know the puck's in. And I don't think you can conclusively say it's in. No. Right? And he hits the pad, so it's. I I think and, it's the, the right call. Yeah, I, I I think so too. I as I said, I had not seen. I'm gonna watch another, the overhead now. Uh, I had not clued into the uh, to the stick. Pushing the pad in. But on the Florida pro, uh, Florida broadcast on the radio, what they were saying was Riley kind of did it to himself. Because as soon as he thought he saw the puck go in, he started celebrating, which killed the play. Yeah. If he doesn't start celebrating, they might score that goal. Yeah, they could still probably jam around. and Right? And that's what they were saying on the, like, he, that by celebrating early, he might have, he might have screwed it. Yeah. Well, I think it's tough because Either he's he's celebrating early because he's trying to sell that the puck went in, or like like it's either like smart or dumb, you know. Yeah. No, like he's either like, and maybe the puck did go in, and he conclusively saw it go in. Because I think O'Reilly comes in after, right, and he jams it in after, and that actually does for sure go in, in my opinion. But that was way after the play stopped. Oh yeah, play's which- done. Which was probably like the play is done because he started celebrating. Yeah. Because there's still no whistle. There was like never a whistle. No. No, the referee, like in the entire video, is just kind of like staring at the play. Just like you can kind of see like the wheels turning in the head. He's like thinking, like, what what, what are we thinking? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's but- a very. It, you know, a little bit of controversy. I think they got it right, but at the same time, if they had ruled that a Toronto goal, I don't think I'm like that upset about it. No, no, exactly. And right, I think that that's just the NHL probably just played it safe. 
Yeah. Well, if they'd called it a goal on the ice, I think it probably stands. Exactly. Right. But if the call on the ice is no goal, you can't conclusively see it cross the line. Then it's yeah. It has yeah, to be no goal. It has to be. It and it's unfortunate that you know somebody had their blocker there and you didn't really get a good camera angle of yeah. it. It's unfortunate, um, but it is what it is. Um, and then obviously the other thing I want to talk about game five, there was the Mark Stahl play in the end of the third period. A lot of Leafs fans thought that was very similar to what Michael Bunting had done in Tampa Bay, um, which um, it just isn't. Like if you yeah. watch those two plays side by side, like they are very very different. They, they they really are. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that one. Like, up. is it interference? Is it a penalty? Yes, but it's not a penalty in the playoffs with like ten seconds left in the third ever. I don't think you could ever expect that to be called. It's so not vicious. It's just like, it's just it's a little like, it's yeah. emotions. Yeah, it's just it's playoff hockey. Yeah, it's just a and little if greasy. Marner, if 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 Mark Stahl and any other player on the Leafs is in Marner's position, the Leafs player probably doesn't fall. Probably not. Like, let's face it, Marner's above, like, he's just a smaller guy. And that's just... Yeah, and also, like, had absolutely zero effect on anything in the game. Like, Marner wasn't going to get to that puck. There were eight seconds um, left. No, Montour was going to, was literally clearing it as it happened. Yeah, it affected nothing. And so I think that's a great non-call. Um, what about on the OT winner? Radko Gud is driving the lane, holding the stick. A lot of people upset about that. Again, probably a penalty if you just look at it objectively. I don't think the referee saw this one, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But again, I, my, my, my thing is, though, is like, I, but I earlier in OT, Kachuk blatantly got tripped behind like the Leafs net when he was trying to wrap the puck around, right? And that doesn't get it, called a penalty. Like, if you're gonna argue, like you can argue penalties all the, over the place in a game. The only the only penalties that get called, and I'm actually I'm actually kind of okay with this. The only penalties that get called in overtime are these objective penalties, the black and white ones, the, the ones delay that, of games. Delay of game, tripping, a, a blatant. Um, I mean, well, yeah, you'd think, but like a, a most check, of the time, you know, yeah. like it's you're you're hardly gonna get it's. You're it's not gonna get. You're gonna not get gonna get a. Hook. get a hold, you're never gonna get a hook or a hold in OT. A hook or a hold is probably never gonna be a pen, pen, penalized in OT or an interference, unless it is unbelievably blatant. It has to be unbelievable, and this is just not. That's just not. That's a gray no. area play. And I think it's a just a great veteran play from Radko Gudis, because because I think that if you if you take like I I would be very curious to to do this analysis. I have no interest in doing it because I think it would actually take a decent amount of time. Yeah, we're but, not gonna. Yeah, whatever you say, we're not gonna do it. But if you if you took one game, took every single play, and put it in slow mo, I bet you could you could find thirty penalties per play. Yeah, probably. Like that that's just that's just what what it is. That's just what happens. Yeah. If you slow anything down enough, you'll find something wrong with it. And I think that's what they're doing here. Yeah. No, I think like honestly in like how many people in re- how many Leafs fans in real time noticed that? Cuz I didn't. I'm not a Leafs fan, but I didn't. Right, it's only when you show and like on a slow mo replay. Of course, you can see it, right? And you look at what Radko do. I think it's just a really good play from Radko Gudis. Like, I think it's just really smart the way he kind of makes sure he's able to get that stick out of the way before he even holds it, and then he holds it, and it's like, all right, well, you know, there's there. Like, because realistically, there's a holding penalty, or not. There's an interference penalty on Gudis before he even holds the stick. Yeah. Like he goes into I don't even remember who the the Leafs player was. Um I'll look it up. Like he goes into his lane. Like he takes yeah. space away from him and he yeah. doesn't have the puck. That's probably by definition interference, yeah. but yeah. everyone does it. Who's yeah. who's 19 on the Leafs? Uh it is Yarncroc. 
Stone Kroc even doing playing defense? That see, that's my that. Like reality is, like, you had a three on two go one way, it didn't go your way, it comes back the other way. Also, Radko Gudis made the play at the other end of the ice too. Like, what a hero! Like, like I'm watching it in slow motion. He's holding it for two, three seconds in slow motion. That might not even be one second in real time. Oh yeah, it's, it's... like. Are you seriously going to penalize that? No. No, I also, also, I'm curious to know what you think about, you know, after the goal scored, Radko Gudis kind of like screams in Joseph Wall's face. A lot of Leafs fans seem to think this is classless. That's, and like, heat, that's heat of the moment. Right? I don't even think, I don't even think Gudis realizes what he's doing right no, there. No, your team is going off to the conference final. You score, you happen to be standing in front of the other goalie. I How often? Let's, let's talk about this. Not even like. Not excluding the situation that they're gonna they they score they go to Eastern Conference Final. How many times does Radko Gudis end up within two feet of the net on a goal? It really should be zero times. I I don't even know if it's happened to him like in his career before before that. No, I don't think there's any meditated thought of he thought I want to scream in this rookie goalie's face. I think he probably is just excited his team won the game in the (laughs) series. Like, and he's just standing there like. Like, did you want him to like skate three feet away and then do that? Like, what? It makes no sense. To also, me why Joseph. You'd be so also, upset I'm pretty sure that. Joseph Wall said he like didn't even notice it, and then they also like obviously shook hands in the handshake line. Like, I really don't think that's anything. I think that is just heat of the moment. That, that, that's all it was, I, and I think it made for a great picture. First of all, oh, the picture's fantastic. Amazing. Really, you want to wind up Leafs fans? That picture's. Cool. I saw a lot of people change their profile pictures to that, uh, to that photo, and it's it's pretty it's good. great. It's great it's stuff. Pretty good. Um, yeah, that's just that's heat of the moment. That's not. I don't think he's tr- so. I I think that the 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 where where Leafs fans would would disagree with us is they're saying that it's a sign of disrespect. Right. Yeah. I I, I don't I don't think that's what. Gudis is doing I I think Gudis respects it's just it happens and that's not a yeah. sign of dis- he's not doing it to be disrespectful yeah he's doing it because like he's doing it for the same reason that I didn't know what the heck to do on the golf course when I heard the goal come in yeah you just I was like I, I it's just like you don't know what to do yeah it's just, just emotion the- it's heat of the moment <laughs> You do the first thing that comes to your mind, and that's just that's just what happened. It's... Oh yeah. Also, you want to talk about class? I saw, uh, and there's one Panthers fan. Like whenever people like were tweeting the goodest like picture and being like this classless, and they tweeted like the you know the video of like Austin Matthews looking at like Scott Sabrin's back. I was like, they're like that's also like that's arguably more disrespectful. Way more disrespectful. You know that's what like else intentional. Is disrespectful. The GM of a team yelling profanity at fans of the other team that he just beat. Yeah. Uh, Dubis in the first round against Tampa. That, that's yeah. disrespect right there. Yeah. So, I... Whatever hill the a Leafs fan decides to die on that's not our team sucks is wrong. I'm sorry. Like, you're just choosing the wrong hill to die on, and it's not oh, yeah. working. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. It is, yeah, it's quite something. But I'm really happy, though, now, like, series is done. And after this episode, we won't have to talk about the Leafs anymore. Yeah, isn't that nice? Until, you know, the fall when, you know, they've made, you know, they've signed some, like, random guy who grew up in the, the greater Toronto area yeah, to exactly. a league minimum contract. And it's, oh, my goodness, it's the Cubs coming home time. <laughs> then we'll get to talk about it. But, um, you know, until then, we can get them out of our minds. Um, I do want to talk about the, you know, preview the Carolina series coming up here. But first, we do have a quick, a very quick ad read from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Um, you can check out the app for all the different betting lines. Uh, lots of great matchups coming up in the second round, obviously, or the third round. We obviously don't know um, some of them just yet, but you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet 
and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline uh, MA.org in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Okay. Carolina Hurricanes. Next one up. Um, It's going to be tough, <laughs> just like the last two, I think. Yeah, the problem is, like, and I mean, this is obviously. I think that when you look at it, you're probably you're probably thinking this is the second best team that the Panthers are playing in the uh, in the playoffs. Um, Boston being the number one, and then Toronto being the third. Um, like you're going up against serious defense now. That's the problem. Yeah, I think you're going up against a team that plays a very similar style. To you, like Carolina, they forecheck really, really well, like Florida does. And it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting. Um, the 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 fact that the Islanders made it such an interesting like series compared to to New Jersey, and I know different circumstances, obviously. Um, that makes me feel much better. Yeah. About the Panthers, like odds of 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 getting this done, um, it's it's very optimistic. Yeah, um, I don't think Carolina necessarily has it figured out in goal yet. I agree. I, I think the Panthers do. Um, so the 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 problem is they're just Carolina is a very good looking team on paper. Like yeah. they're. They're they're very strong in every position, and they have some depth. Yeah, and I think just stylistically, it's probably a matchup nightmare for the Panthers. Um, yeah. And specifically, when you talk about, obviously, you know, in the Leaf series, the MVP unquestionably for the Florida Panthers was Sergei Bobrovsky, right? And I think the one type of play where Sergei Bobrovsky really struggles. And even in this, even in the Toronto series, it's when you have shots from the point with traffic, right? Shots coming a long distance through traffic, and Carolina takes a ton of those shots. Like Brent Burns will take at least thirty snapshots from that point, mm-hmm. right? And some of them are going to find their ways through. They're going to take deflections off of, you know, something. So I think for Florida, the main key is you got to. You got to block those shots and you got to block them up high. Yeah. And and it's kind of interesting because they're going to have to take stuff that they that they had during the Boston series and they're going to have to take stuff they had during the the Toronto series. Like against Boston, they played a very good defense there too. Yeah. Like that Toronto, uh, that Boston D, that top four was good. Very good. Very good. Toronto, that. Those top six forwards, very good as well. Yeah, like you're you're looking at kind of you're looking at a really really good team, offensively and defensively. A team that was just able to like limit New Jersey's like goal production to almost nothing. Although they didn't shut them out, and that was important because New Jersey was never shut out during the season. Um, it's uh. It's gonna be really interesting to see. I, you know, but once once the puck drops for game one, it's it's all played on the ice. We can talk about it as much as we want and how the the matchups and what style of play and and all that stuff, what strategies to use and like it, it's it not none of it matters until the puck drops and when the puck drops, anything can happen. So yeah. th- that that's I think that's the mentality you've got to have is just. Hey, we've made it this far. Why can't we make it further? And there's really there's no reason why not. 
Yeah, like I think like I think for the for the Panthers, like the belief's gonna be there that they can win this series, and I don't think there's any reason why it shouldn't be there. Um I'm just actually looking back at the last two games for Carolina and their New Jersey series. Last two games, in both games, they got multiple goals by defensemen shooting the puck from the point. So you and, really Yeah. Yeah, and um I think there was a few times where Caroline, where New Jersey scored the first goal and Carolina still ended up winning. Yeah. Yeah. Quite Last a few. game was that. And I think the, I think game four was like that too. Yeah. And I think, I do think part of the, the opportunity for Florida does come with some of the injuries Carolina has to Teravine and into Svechnikov. Cause I think those guys are a big part of their offense. Um, not to say that they don't have you know guys still there, but those are two you know very important players for them. Um, so it does definitely like affect their depth. Like really, when you look at the guys in their lineup right now, like the the big offensive threats, it's uh, you know in terms of their forwards, it's it's Aho, it's Marty Nakash, and it's Seth Jarvis. That's pretty much it of forwards that would really like concern me. Maybe. I don't know. I like Jesper Faust, I guess. I think but... Kodiemi's been having a pretty good uh, postseason as well. He did. Um, he did. Yeah, he had an, he had an assist in, in one of the games. Um, I'm pretty sure he assisted on the series-winning goal in overtime, actually. I believe uh, so. In New Jer- Against New Jersey. Um, he did primary assist. I think there is no doubt that this... Like, I don't want to say that... I want to be very careful with what I say, but I, I think that this is like when you look at the top end talent, this is the weakest offensive team that the Panthers have played so far. I think it's the weakest. I think it's the least talented team they've played and the most structured team they've played. Yeah. Right. And that is going to make for a very interesting series because Florida, again, a minute or two series were the less talented team with a lot of structure um, I would, you know, love to see Matthew Kachuk. He didn't, you know, he was kind of shut out in the the Toronto series. I'd love yeah. to see him get back on the score sheet uh, a bunch in this one. Who for you would you say? Um, you know, kind of last question here because we're running pretty long. But who would you say is the X factor for you in this series? And then I want to know your overall series prediction at the end. Okay. Well, I can already tell you I'm going Panthers in seven because that's been my prediction for all for the other two series and it worked. So I'll go Panthers in seven. Um, And I think that. I think that the X factor could be Gustav Forsling. Oh, the goose. The goose is going to be loose. Um, You know, I, I was talking, I was talking with someone and who asked me if I thought that, was was surprised that I thought that Gustav Forsling was better than TJ Brody. Who 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 is this you're talking to? Not a Jared friend Shea. of the show, but Braden McAuliffe. Oh, I thought he was a friend of the show. Okay. Um, like like just yeah, obviously, like it's a no brainer. I think I think he's just one of the guys that I. I don't. I don't want to say he's taken a step back, but he's definitely taken like a a back seat, more of a observational seat. Now the Brandon Montour's had it is kind of like really come out of his shell. Yeah, Brandon Montour's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, what a pleasure I, to watch. So good. Um, I I think that you know he's your he's probably your third best defenseman. And he's he he has that possibility, and he plays with that glad. He has that potential to be the the difference maker if 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 you're gonna need some secondary scoring scoring, especially coming from the blue line, which is yeah. always welcome. Yeah, like to me, like uh, Gustav Forsling, right? Like he kind of is like filling that Mackenzie Weger role of just kind of like quietly getting the job done, right? Yeah, he's not gonna be the guy putting a lot of the points, right? You don't want to notice him too much. I think he's a better skater than Uyghur. Um, but that is kind of his role, right? At the same time, though, I remember late, you know, late in the season when the Panthers were, you know, coming back in a couple of games, you know, in order to, to get some wins to get into the playoffs. And Gustav Forsling was scoring some big goals for them. 
right? Yeah. He has a good shot. He, he he has that offensive flair. There is no doubt about that. He is yeah. an excellent puck mover. Yeah, he's very fluid. He he knows, like he, he just he doesn't take too many risks, which is not a bad thing by any means for a defenseman. Um, I I like it. I think he could be the possible difference maker in the series. I like it. I like it. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go Panthers and six. Um, you know, I think for them to to win this series, I think they're gonna have to just, um, you know, offensively, I think just again same kind of forecheck we saw in the the last couple of games, and I think defensively, um, they'll need to be a little bit tighter, um, and really work at limiting those shots from the point. Um, I, yeah. Sorry. I was just gonna say, I think that you you've still got to play that that type of game where you're not necessarily the one controlling the puck in the offensive zone at all times. There's gonna be a lot of times when you're backed up in your defensive zone, and you're just gonna have to buckle down and just get the job done. It doesn't have to be pretty. Bob's gonna make some nice saves. He's gonna be dependable. Um, and and you're just you're gonna have to strike fast and really take advantage of your opportunities and that goes with the four check you just you get the puck you send it to the net and you just you make things happen as as quickly as possible and i think that's that that's going to be a good good way for the panthers to 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 play the series yeah. to approach the series yeah like you got to play like i'd call it like counterattacking hockey yeah yeah right? I, the, I always think of uh Who's the soccer coach who he was in Tottenham last year or a couple years ago? No, I was. I'm. I'm thinking. I think we're thinking the same. I'm thinking Jose Mourinho. Yeah, exactly. Right, and it's exactly the way he coaches. Right, like I remember Champions League final. He was coaching Inter Milan versus Barcelona, and they had like 20 percent possession and won the game. Right, and they like asked him after the game. Right, they're like, "You guys didn't really have the ball at all. Like, you know, just come away with the win. You know, what are your like thoughts on this?" He's like, "Yeah, like." You know, Barcelona, if they want the ball, they can take it home with them. We'll take the two points and we'll see him back in like Milan. You don't. That's the thing. You don't need to. No, it's good. Like the other team can have the puck if you don't let them do much with it. Yeah. And then when you get it, you do something productive with it. Right. That's how they have to play. Yeah, I agree. Who's going to be your X factor? Um, My X factor for me. It's a guy I loved his playoffs. Really, um, I'm gonna go Anton Lindell. Nice, nice. Because um, I think he's honestly he's just been terrific in the playoffs. Um, I don't know, like he he had a much quieter regular season this year. Um, you know, compared to last year, coming in as a rookie, um, and he was really really solid this year. Um, it kind of feels like offensively he took a step back, and and he did, um. But in the playoffs now, he just seems like that line with Sam Reinhart. I I just I love watching them play. He's hungry for the pucks. He's all over the ice, um, making plays, timely plays for them. Um, so I think I think he's gonna be really important this series. Um, he, you know, I'm like, still so he's so young. I know, and I'm excited to see him too because the guy who was drafted right before him was Seth Jarvis, right? Mm-hmm. And Seth Jarvis is a really good hockey player too, so I'm excited to see those two, you know, on on the same ice. Um, and yeah, I think I think as Holmendel, I just want to keep him. I I want him to to keep doing what he's been doing in the playoffs. Um, keep making you know smart plays to be a key defensive forward for them, taking important faceoffs, killing penalties. Uh, I think his presence in this series, having that type of player, you know lower down your lineup, I think is, is big for this team. And so for me, I think, I think he's gonna be the X factor. I think he's going to score three goals and five points in this series. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of them are going to be really timely. Yeah. You know, uh, that's my prediction for that one, but uh, we'll see. We still have a little bit of a break before I'll go, we get... I'll go for, I'll go for six points out of Gustav Forsling. Six. Oh, I know. I know. Big. X Holy. Two goals, four assists. Two goals, four assists. I think he'll get an assist on an overtime winner. Really? Yeah. Do you think it's like a primary assist, secondary assist? Do you uh, think it's you know a cross ice pass? You think it'll he, probably you know... it'll probably be secondary, but he'll have like he'll have made the play. You know, 
Yeah. I'm also I'm actually I'm also hoping we're able to see Ryan Womberg in this series. Yeah. Cause I don't know, like all series, yeah, you're watching Toronto, right? And we're watching, you know, the the Panthers, you know, absolutely, you know, run a four checking masterclass on it, and it's like, and they're missing one of their best four checkers, the, the Lamborghini. <laughs> it's without a doubt. Like every time I heard he was still scratched, it was like, I know, man, and that, and I saw could, he he is just one of those guys that is just just lives for playoff hockey. Yeah, so I'm hoping he's healthy and he's back, and I think, yeah, he he can he can make some plays for the Panthers here. Um, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, you know, season keeps continuing; it's great stuff. Um, but we got a few days until then, so we'll see. Uh, but for now, thank you so much to everyone tuning and listening to this episode of the podcast. We'll be back at some point, the brand new episode, and we'll see you all then. Are back.